0: Hurt to be to your
1: And welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. And today, my guest is somebody I've been like looking at for a long time via the socials. We run in some similar circles. But until now, we haven't had a chance to actually sit down and chat. So I'm so excited that I actually, we talked for five minutes and I forgot to put on the recording. So here we are (laughs) for a second take. Please welcome to the mic, everyone, for the second time, (laughs) Marin (laughs) Dasad.
0: Hello. Hello again. Hello. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We are all good. All good. No, it's so funny. (laughs)
1: Before the podcast, like before we were recording, um, before we were even pretending to record the first time, we were talking about like, oh my God, you're so consistent. You've done so many episodes and you're so, so good at this probably. You know what you're doing. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's That is karma.
0: Uh,
1: Oh, my God. But let me say the list of all the things you gave me, because this is a whopping list that I'm in love with. So queer, non-binary, sadist, performance artist, weirdo. Yes,
0: Yes, please. It is me. It is I. Yeah. So how do I monetize this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm the same. Oh, my God. That's like that's the life of the creative, right? Like, right. I'm so good at all these awesome artistic creative endeavors how can i fucking make money
0: honey (laughs) yeah (laughs) unfortunately we have to do that part
1: capitalism but um what we had just started to talk about before i realized i hadn't pressed the record button is that you are actually a ritual chamber pro-dominant alum
0: yeah i am i was there for i think three years Oh, amazing. Um, If I math correctly, I'm very bad with time and COVID has not helped whatsoever. Oh my God, no. (laughs) But I think it was three years. Same, same. Um, And yeah, super amazing, fun time. I learned so much about myself, about the industry. Like, I mean, everybody has an idea about what the sex industry is all about. And everybody learns a lot if they ever try it out. And oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Did did you ever? Yes. The hard work and like the grind for pros i am like respect for people who can make that work it is a lot of work um i don't think that civilians really understand the amount of work that goes into being a pro uh, in any kind of sex work it is yeah yeah same definitely kudos
1: it's not only like, you know, the slogan sex work is work, but like sex mm-hmm. work is hard
0: work. Hard. hard work.
1: One of the hardest jobs. It's it's 10 jobs. It's 20 jobs it all rolled into one, right?
0: And like the the honestly the stigma and the lack of protection from the people that should be protecting sex workers does not help at all like it's no. a whole ton of work in and of itself and then you add all that stuff on top of it and it's just I honestly don't know how most people do it it's a, it's so much
1: yeah it's hard to sustain really yeah and depending on your personal situation of like who can you be out to uh, do you have community available to you support systems all of that stuff it can be an industry that is very difficult you know to kind of flourish
0: in Yes, yeah. people who are in maybe adjacent industries or might be considered sex workers by some, and they don't want to even take on that label. I remember mm-hmm, I was at mm-hmm. the feminist porn conference, which used to accompany the feminist porn awards before it died a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I was watching. Uh, yeah, Carlisle, so I that, was yeah. at a a panel on. Oh, well, it it was a panel. There were burlesque performers at this panel, and a sex worker in the audience asked one of the burlesque performers about being a sex worker and the mm. burlesque performer said well i'm not a sex worker and mm-hmm. the sex worker who was an escort said well you're you're stripping mm-hmm. so that's sex work mm-hmm. and and it's interesting because yeah like it it depends on the person it depends on the context not everybody wants that label not everybody with an OnlyFans considers themselves a sex worker not everybody mm-hmm. on OnlyFans takes their clothes off anyway you know so this whole it's art versus porn what is sex work what is not it's this idea we want all of these things to fall into nice neat boxes for our brains and life just isn't like that yes. i'm sure we all have examples of that in our own lives um and this one is like unfortunately one that comes with this heavy stigma so the reluctance to identify as a sex worker is very much dependent on a person's privilege and as a white you know conventionally attractive if I do say so myself (laughs) uh femme presenting person who had a decent desk job and so I had you know a good amount of money before I lost my job in March my desk job um I was able to say yeah I'm a sex worker not in the office but you know I could talk about my burlesque stuff but not my pro doming stuff um because yeah like people would just treat me differently with that tiny bit of information
1: yeah and so imagine if you have other kind of marginalized identities layered on top of that how mm-hmm. that would be that much more difficult you know to be out and proud yeah um, about being a sex worker yeah it's a, it's a really interesting conversation kind of the difference between like erotica you know mm. and porn like yeah that that whole thing and yep. yeah it's definitely this gray area I've de- I've definitely like um been interviewed uh I think uh, you know the, a lot of reporters were kind of making the rounds early pandemic uh wanting to talk to people about OnlyFans cuz everybody was now mm-hmm. joining OnlyFans to supplement yeah. their income right yeah. um or their serb or whatever government assistance they were getting um and that was always the question right like if you sell feet pics <laughs> are you a sex worker? That sort of thing. And like the age old question of like, is sugaring sex work? Mm -hmm. You know, it's all these gray areas of sensuality and sexuality. It's like (laughs) one
0: of my Instagram posts that gets bumped regularly. Somebody's Uh searching one of the tags and it's like two years old, three years old at this point. I'm not even naked. I'm wearing like bra and panties and I'm like sitting on balloons. Yeah, yeah. And for this this is porn for some people. Lunar. For other people it's like it's just a balloon. I don't get it. And yeah, like it's anything can be made sexual. Anything can you can get off to anything.
1: Yeah, you could jerk off to a nude painting. <laughs>
0: or or <laughs> a train.
1: Century. Or a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Thomas the tank <laughs> engine does it for some people or grown-up trains if you don't want the cartoon face. That's such a good, such
1: a good point. And yeah, I I feel like the whole thing about pro-doming, right, is like, Mm -hmm. that's another one of like, is it sex work or is it not? And there are lots of doms, dominatrices out there who would say... I'm not a sex worker, right? Because yeah. it's like I, I stay fully clothed. And it's like, okay, well, also, you put your fist in people and um, a
0: lot <laughs> of other stuff. Or strap on, or yep. yeah. Like it's, it's, it reminds me of the abstinence only education conversations around what counts as sex if you're saving yourself for marriage. Mm-hmm. It's like you'll find all of these loopholes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not count it as sex so that, you know you're not going to get punished by uh, his noodly appendage in the sky or whatever. Um, (laughs) So, and, and yeah, like the folks, the, the pro doms who say I'm not a sex worker, is it because of the stigma or is it because, you know, is it internalized stigma, externalized stigma, their own personal comfort levels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, we can't apply labels to people they have to apply them to themselves as with other labels, right? I identify as queer. A lot of, you know, maybe older school LGBTQ folks don't like that word because it was harmful to them and they have a negative experience with it. So yeah, labeling yourself can be powerful. Try not to label other people. There you go. My thoughts on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it's interesting, this very narrow view of what sex is. Sex is PIV, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but also <laughs> sex is strap <laughs> on sex and strap, yep. it. you know, sex is like a lot of different kinks if you so choose to practice. Things. Yeah, it, it can be so many
0: things. So
1: to have as that soon super as you narrow get into view, queer sex. Yeah. Ooh, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: That's one of the things I love about queer sex is that we don't have to okay, first we're going to make out and then we're going to grow first base, second base, third base. And then there's going to be like 30 seconds of thrusting and (laughs) maybe I won't have an orgasm or maybe I will. And we're done. Um, which has never worked for me. Like even when I was first exploring sex as a teenager and, and, you know, getting into all of that stuff, like we did tons of stuff before we decided my high school boyfriend and I, that we would have penis and vagina sex but like Mm -hmm. we did we did a whole lot of stuff leading up to that and then a whole lot of stuff since um Mm -hmm. and how much of it did I consider sex at the time probably just the penis and vagina stuff but now that I've had sex with like other people with vulvas um I am non-binary myself now that I identify that way so like thinking of what is straight sex for me anyways? Like I can't have straight sex. I'm not straight. (laughs) I don't have a straight body. I don't have a straight like brain. Mm -hmm. So the sex that I have is queer, whether or not I'm doing penis and vagina sex, that even penis and vagina sex for me is queer sex.
1: Yeah. I find as I get older, um, the more, maybe it's just, I'm having better choices of partners, but like Mm. any um, cis men, that I'm choosing to have sex with I still have queer sex with them you know like yeah. exactly exactly like you said like but it's just it's not how it was say in my early 20s it's yeah. like not penis centric it's not mm-hmm. orgasm centric it's mm-hmm. you know it's it could include piv but it is just it feels queer you know we use strap-ons yeah. like even if they have their own factory installed penis it's yeah. like they're like lots of times especially like right now i have a partner who um i have the i have that thigh harness from unicorn collaborators i don't know if you're aware of it yeah so um more often than not i'm getting fucked with that you know a a dildo on a thigh rather than his actual dick and yeah yeah and and it's nice and it's the
0: nicest it it, so many more options once you stop thinking of Sex is penis and vagina. Same with sadism, right? Like we were talking about mm-hmm. being giggly sadists. Yes. Let's, before we recorded, yes. Let's loop back to that. Yeah, no moment. And so, yeah. yeah, like sadism is so much more than pain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and and sadism doesn't have to be serious. And you know, like, why do we have such narrow views of all of these things? That's that's something I see like on life and whatever the the true DOMs, and you have to be like Mister Serious with your you know strap, and you're gonna use your strap on. The poor, defenseless schoolgirl, or I don't know. I'm so bad at this. (laughs) I can't even.
1: (laughs) Can't even with the gender norms. I can't even. Yeah. I can't even. No, I like how you brought this up again.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just this idea of like, in the same way people have this idea of what the script is for sex, Mm -hmm. people have a similar heteronormative script for kink, right? Yep. And that's that. It is, you know, mean, stern. It's probably like this is male. Um, you know, the fit cis male. White is the dominant. Yeah. He's probably rich yeah. too, you know. And mm-hmm. um, and the female is the submissive. And and obviously, the, and the vibe, <laughs> the the energy is um, strict, stern, mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. That's and he's
0: experienced, and she's not. And he's teaching her all the things, and she's she loves everything he does to her, and he does it right the first time, every time, right away. And they don't even have to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, don't even have to ask permission. No No involved (laughs) conversations about consent or previous experiences or trauma. Oh, yeah. There's just so much there, you know, like we talk about these things and they carry so much baggage and so much weight and so many like qualifiers. Mm -hmm. So when someone is like, oh, I'm into that kink that you're into. I'm like, "Okay, so we have both said, let's talk about balloons. Sure. I -hmm. like sitting on balloons as much as the next person. But does that mean you're going to like the way I sit on balloons? Are you going to prefer that I'm sitting on a specific color of balloons? Should I have coconut oil on me or not? Like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. there's as soon as you get into any specific kink, you can get into the varieties that that kink allows you to do the options. There's new things every time you add something.
1: Yeah, I find that like and I'm sure you found it as well, being a, a professional you learn you continue to learn you just never stop learning mm-hmm. right every person yeah. that walks through that ritual chamber door it's like, oh hello how do you do that kink like how how <laughs> do you have do you the been fo- dreaming
0: of all this time uh-huh.
1: yes. yeah how do you do a, a foot kink like mm-hmm. oh I've that's a nuance that I've never considered before you know yeah that's a way of it. looking at it that I've never thought of before all the time because there's just infinite ways to do literally, everything
0: (laughs) yeah and i don't want people to say like oh you do it that way and i do it this way so i'm wrong and you're right it's not like that there's like we want to talk about safety and we want to talk about consent and maybe like putting your whole foot in somebody's butt on the first try is not gonna work (laughs) uh maybe you need to work up to something like that stretch
1: goals make some stretch goals yeah, yeah it doesn't
0: mean it's wrong for you to want somebody's foot in your butt it just means like you might need to you might need to work up to it <laughs>
1: yeah. And you might need to get some like extra large condoms on hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we can make this happen eventually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that um, bringing that back around to like being a giggly top and specifically mm. being a giggly sadist, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people, unless you've it's really your bag you know um haven't maybe considered the fact that those things can exist simultaneously being a yeah.
0: playful sadist mm-hmm. i have had really good responses from folks when i'm in evil laughter mode specifically <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. do the smack and then the muah, ha, ha, ha. And it's, <laughs> i i'm not like not a silly wahaha, but like I'm genuinely doing the evil laugh like <laughs> as though I've just it's alive wahaha! like that kind of feeling <laughs> I feel like that when I'm you know in that mode it's great I'm just delighted it's delight yes. it's not I'm laughing at something I don't think something's funny I'm so delighted with what I'm doing sometimes
1: I do think the reaction is funny I love that yeah. I love reactions right and then I'm yes. just like oh that was a good reaction and like <laughs> yeah it's just like a you're like on a loop track at that point mm-hmm. of like feedback and like response and like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: laughing because you're having fun and then laughing at the reaction and then they're laughing mm-hmm. at your laughter and then <laughs> it's just madness
0: yeah And then maybe we can get into something more serious as we get like comfortable into, into the mode, into the flow of the scene. Right. Maybe the scene will shift into something more serious. Maybe it won't, but you know, to, to expect a scene to be one thing every time, it's not going to be like that. To expect scenes to always be serious. If I start giggly, maybe it'll stay giggly. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just as long as you're present and in the room and listening to each other, if you're really listening to each other and, and, you know, picking up on each other's energy, then it can change Mm -hmm. as it just, you know, it just flows. Right. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be that one thing.
0: That's why I love hearing those reactions or seeing those reactions. I, I want to know like green, yellow, red, are we on the right track? Like, does that feel good? Do you want to explore that feeling? Are we digging into that or are we like, no, no, maybe not there. Let's try over here instead. And like shifting it in a different direction. Um, the feedback is so important for the development of the scene. I could just, you know, sit there and flog somebody for an hour and maybe I'll have fun. But if they're not having fun, honestly, I'm not either. That the, it really matters to me that the person that I am interacting with is into whatever I'm doing. And like into it doesn't mean that they're necessarily enjoying themselves. Maybe they're specifically there because they don't want to enjoy themselves. But that's part of the conversation. That's part of the discussion and the negotiation and making sure like, you know, I want to cry during the scene. Okay. What kinds of things will make you cry? Let's talk about it. And you know, if I get in this direction and I should be going in that direction, you need to signal me so I know. Those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Be interactive; it leads to good scenes. Yes. Better scenes. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Like if I'm if we're doing the giggly thing, and then if my scene partner suddenly gets real quiet mm. after I did something, then I'm like, ooh, what's this about? Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, oh, oh, those are pleasure sounds happening now. <laughs> like yes. low, deep pleasure moaning happening. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh okay you like that like maybe i'll deny you of sounds. it now
0: it's excellent yes
1: maybe i'll give you <laughs> twice as much maybe i'll give you more than you can handle you mm-hmm. know like however however i'm feeling
0: <laughs> it's so good yes the maniacal laughter the mwahaha oh, oh, oh here we are let's work with this yes
1: <laughs> yeah Ugh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm not in the dungeon that much this week, mm. but this conversation is making me wish that I was.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Record a podcast while you're smacking somebody's butt. Ooh, that's a fun. <laughs>
1: that's a fun thing. Ooh.
0: Punctuate your sentences with
1: <laughs> Love it. That would be hell for me to edit afterwards the audio. However, I'm still into it. <laughs> yep. Just like clapping in the background constantly. Oh boy, <laughs> what a nightmare. That, then I would be a masochist, you know, right. <laughs> if I gave that to myself to edit. <laughs> but oh you, you were also talking about, um, oh, maybe you can tell me um, what does your, because you just kind of talked about this briefly. Mm-hmm. Tell me what like your negotiation process kind of looks like. What are the questions you ask? What are the important tidbits of information you need to know?
0: So, I want to know what the sandbox is shaped like. So Ooh, I like. Oh, that's a cool metaphor. Yeah. We're we're oh. okay. So we're gonna do. We're gonna spank. I'm gonna spank this person. Yes. So we we know spanking's on the table. So we're gonna say. You know, obviously, red, yellow, green. I like red, yellow, green. I don't like um, customized safe words unless the person's really attached to it because I might forget what your safe word is and red, yellow, green is really easy for me to remember. I want this yep. to be easy for me to remember in the moment. So red, yellow, green. Then we're talking about positioning. Do you have uh, physical restrictions that make certain positions better or worse than others? Because I have preferences for per, per position and you might have preferences for position. Maybe the position is going to lead to the mood of the scene. So do you want to be in a very exposed position because you want to feel vulnerable? So what kinds of feelings are you looking from this scene do you want to feel small while i'm spanking you so maybe i should make myself bigger or do you want it to be like more intimate so maybe you'll be across my lap bare bottom not bare bottom how hard should i go am i warming you up first should i have some implements on hand because honestly spanking is kind of hard on the hand sometimes and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. bare hand on a bare bottom is not going to last that long but if i have some implements or wear gloves or whatever you know, those kinds of things. So what kind of implements are we talking about? Um, am I going to pull your hair? Am I going to talk to you? How am I going to talk to you? Um, and then also, like, if they have anything that they want me to avoid specifically. So it it's not just sensations or places to touch, but words to say and moods that they don't want to feel with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's a first time with somebody, I'm going to take it slow. I... Even if I know where the sandbox edges are, I'm, I'm probably going to stay more in the middle. I'm yeah, getting to same. know somebody and we haven't done this together yet and stuff comes up and that's fine. And maybe we'll go somewhere we weren't quite expecting and we'll check in and make sure that it's okay. Um, a thing I avoid mid-scene is mid-scene negotiations. You're in the middle of it. You're excited. Yeah. You hadn't talked about something ahead of time. Yeah. Oh, Wouldn't it be hot to do this right now? I might say it, or you might say it in the moment, but we're not going to do it right now. We're going to save that for later when we can talk about it with clear heads. So that's, that's, so those are the kinds of things I think about. I don't always go go through everything right away. And, you know, a scene isn't always like, we need a 20 minute checklist before we start, Mm -hmm. especially because I want to start slow. That helps me build. So a little bit slow, it helps me remember, too, a person's preferences. This person likes this. This person likes that. Um, if I try to remember everything at once, I'm going to forget stuff. I can't remember big lists.
1: Oh, same. What I have to do is, like, while they're talking through the list of activities, I have to actually write it down, mm-hmm. um, in which I will take that into the next room and then get out all the you know implements that correspond to each activity. And then I put them somewhere where I can see them visually, you know, so that in the scene, Mm, I can just look at the table and see the five things in a row there and be like, aha, I choose this thing now, Mm. you know, because I'm the same way. I will not. Yeah. So in in one way, yeah, I want to get as much information as possible. But there is a line to that. There is a point that I'm like, okay, this is just a first scene. (laughs) I don't need to know, like, you know, I don't need the 10 page essay. Yeah, let's yeah. let's keep it to a two-page essay and then we'll play and then we'll do another negotiation next time and go a little harder deeper or whatever whatever yeah. you need to do yeah more vulnerable whatever the uh goals are
0: yeah one of the things i love doing is having the person pick out their implements Ooh, hot the box of toys or the wall of floggers i love the wall of floggers at ritual chamber yes There's all of so the many. toys yes pick what you think and then they can also maybe it's a new toy they can like try it out on themselves ahead of time but it like helps to get them excited they're picking out yeah, yeah. Ooh, i'm gonna pick this one and i know it hurts and so i'll be like ho 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 excellent <laughs> steepled fingers <laughs> yes smithers good good yeah, yes yes
1: <laughs> tented fingers yeah i do the same thing where like you know they've given me during negotiation they've given me an idea of like what type of impact they want what type of implements and then I'll go and pull like three that kind of fit the bill and place Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. They're bent over and I place them on the bench right beside them. And I'm like, (laughs) which one should we, you know, which one are you drawn most to touch it, hold it in your hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I'm a big fan of, of folks choosing their own implements implements of destruction. Yes. That tickles me in a happy sadist way for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Them aiding in their own suffering is like hot.
0: (laughs) Very very giggly sadist yes
1: help help me you know help me to hurt you (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah we're we're doing this together as a as a fun activity ultimately fun activity um Mm -hmm. Mm cat black who's a fabulous youtuber talks about bdsm being play and it's play we're having fun with each other um it shouldn't be this like fearful danger zone of we can't even talk about it we can't even ask questions like please ask questions please talk about it let's let's enjoy ourselves together in this fun thing that's uh you know definitely taboo and racy and hard to talk about in polite company but we are not polite company like let's go for (laughs) it come on
1: yeah a hundred percent it's interesting though like this um this idea people have about kink, if, you, if you've if you never actually uh, done a lot of in-person play or done, kind of experimented and, and explored your kink with another person, I think it's mm-hmm. easy for people to just kind of think it's this mystical, magical thing that's really inaccessible, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like, oh, I wish and I could never, and it's this, I, I don't know I, how... To me it or you seems... need a lot of
0: money cuz you need a lot of equipment mm-hmm. or mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you have to be a certain age or attraction level as though like I'm too mm-hmm, old mm-hmm. or and whatever. I'll never
1: find someone that would want to yeah. do these things and I think there's a disconnect between like it really it really is kind of easy like you you just like for me, I'm like I'm a professional, so you literally just follow yeah. the link to book. Like I know it's inaccessible having it <laughs> at that price point. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, but for most people, they can save if it's a stretch and blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. also, I'm like kink isn't like this concept. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's two people in a room choosing an at- choosing an activity and mm-hmm. talking about intentionality. Yeah. Um, you know, and yes, it can be life changing. Definitely, mm-hmm. but um, also it's just literally two people in a room, and you pick up a flogger, and and have an ongoing consent com- uh, communication surrounding it. Yeah. But like you know, it it's like easier than people think.
0: And How even you if you don't want to go the pro route, yeah, like so make some friends, meet some people. Don't get into the kink community specifically with the intention of getting your dick wet. That is not right, going right, to work. Right um people are people the the walking vaginas that you want to stick your dick into have people attached to them
1: (laughs) or the kink dispensers yeah yeah right so exactly
0: please 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 oh my goodness hello goddess i would like to worship your pussy until you come into my mouth like maybe first of all i'm not a goddess i'm not your goddess and I don't talk about my anatomy as a pussy. Yeah, yes.
1: And then maybe also I don't like body worship. That's not. Right. Like, <laughs> like so many these things, things wrong don't with work
0: that. for me. And you could have started your message with, hi, I think you're really attractive. And I read your profile and see that we're into the same things. And I'd love to get to know you. But honestly, like a lot of us get those messages, the femme white conventionally attractive types and so yeah we do get a lot of messages and it can be hard to get through an inbox and not everybody's open to that so like move on there are people who are into that there's groups there where you can join say hey i'm really into this and i want to try it with a person and maybe somebody's gonna say yes
1: Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. I feel like the thing that I just realized very recently, the thing that I find so just like squiggy um, about... A lot of the ways people approach dominant women or female-presenting people mm. is that people are approaching in role when you haven't mm-hmm. consented to yes. dominate them, to be in role yeah. with them. Like, and that just you know, it, it's it feels violating, it feels like a violation because there was no consent. Um, mm-hmm. But also, it demonstrates their lack of like knowledge or experience perhaps of consent Mm -hmm. right and and of experience in whatever kink they're gonna do it's like if you come and write write in your first message messages hi goddess you know i want to worship your pussy then it's like hello um (laughs) hi how are you you. like what's your
0: name what (laughs) what is happening (laughs) like like this message could have been sent to anybody with a vagina Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, what, what's so special about me that you're messaging me? Why are you messaging me in the first place? What has attracted you to me that you want to send me this message? Yeah. I'm more interested in that information than what you want to do to me because you haven't even checked if I want you to do that at all yes
1: that big thing is like oh i want to serve you i want to be your 24 7 slave mistress um and what it's about like, my
0: needs <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and it's like well you didn't ask me whether i wanted that or how i want to be mm-hmm. served like because if i did well, want to i really do but yeah. not that way and this first message is horrible so i'm gonna discount you Yep, because you're making a whole lot of assumptions sir
0: it's true. I would very much prefer, obviously, I prefer polite messages. Who doesn't prefer polite messages? Like a human to human message. Right. Could you? Like, is that so much I to ask? Would love to also. I wish I had time to chat with everybody, and I don't. I sometimes receive the messages like, hey, just want to chat. And like, I only have so many spoons, so many hours in the day to spend you know fielding i, I check that <laughs> life this is fun like f- my fun time is on fat life this is mm-hmm. my personal downtime it's not i don't go on fat life for professional reasons i'm not looking for clients i'm not looking to like promote my just for fans page which is currently dead <laughs> i'm like <laughs> it's resuscitation yep right yeah um <laughs> I, I i'm there for fun and so like the idea that i should spend my precious spoons and energy yes. on things that do not add to my energy, I can't. I can't justify it. I like, especially in COVID times, we need to yes. be so careful with how we spend our energy. Is this adding to my load or is it easing my load? Yeah, are you and, pouring from yeah.
1: my cup or pouring into my
0: mm-hmm. cup? Like, if somebody's approaching me who wants to perform service for me, I love receiving service. I would love to have a whole host of like house people to help me around the house. Cook for me, clean for me. For I would serime. be delighted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. The number of people who have approached me with the what can I do for you?
1: Yeah. I can zero. count
0: on like one hand. Yeah. 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 Versus the here's what I want to do to you.
1: Or, or even here's what I want to do for you, which is like a fine mm-hmm. thing to say, but secondary. Mm-hmm. I feel like a secondary question to. Yeah. Like, how how are people who really want to serve, that's the fantasy that they want to engage in, they really want to serve, how could their first question not be, how can I help you? How can I serve you? What can I do for you? How is that not the question if service is your kink? (laughs) It blows my mind.
0: I hope that um, any service-oriented folks listening who have been thinking about this, like, please, please don't get discouraged. We, yes. we love you. Please keep the service orientation. You are precious, wonderful people. Um, <laughs> You're so polite. <laughs> you, you might you might need just a little adjustment in your approach. That's all.
1: That's all we're I, saying.
0: <laughs> I would love, I genuinely, genuinely want successful connections for all of these lonely people looking for people. For an, a person to connect with or a group yeah. of people to connect with, to do their fun kinky times with, Yes, yes, please let's do it. But let's learn how to communicate with each other so that we can have more success. Yeah. So that means yes, approaching with, hello, my name is, I've read your profile <laughs> and we have this in common. Are you interested in maybe connecting? Not the assumption of we're going to connect and I get to do these things.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like the only people that are actually going to respond to the opening messages that aren't like that human to human first mm. messages, I feel like the only people in responding to those are pros that are going to hit you back with their link, their booking mm-hmm. link, you know, which or is there, tri- <laughs> their tribute link. Yeah, because yeah. this is clearly a one sided relationship. So yeah. if I'm going to respond to this message, you've got to pay me or yeah. catfishes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could just straight up catfishes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i okay if catfish could earn money i mean like we would never have to eat catfish again because they would buy tanks and kill all the humans anyhow
1: <laughs> however see i've
0: squirreled i've squirreled we
1: did a little bit of squirreling a bit of add squirrel <laughs> Yeah. a little just a little yep. bit but hey that's what podcasting is all about really honestly <laughs> Can you tell me more about, like, your performing persona, the types of things um, you get into as a performance artiste? Because I'm a performer, too, so I love this. Tell me all about it.
0: Yes, I haven't got to see you perform yet, either. Oh, my goodness. Um, We have to make it happen. We will. I know. Oh, gosh. Yep. I am dreaming of the post-COVID times. I've wanted to organize an East End cabaret for quite some time. I moved to the East End, like, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And everything is in the West end and the West end is lovely. I love the West end as much as any Torontonian, um, the East end is crying out for some fun activities, some fun, some fun events. we need more. Um, so yeah, like the, the kinds of stuff that I love to do. Um, I actually started after high school. I wanted to get into costuming and Ooh. I went to the Richard Robinson Academy of haute couture and fashion design. So I learned how to sew a really good buttonhole. I learned how to make my own patterns, all of that stuff. Yeah. And then I took a completely different turn after I I quit that after one year. And I, I ended up at York for a completely different topic. I did religious studies and African studies at York. Oh, wow. So I've come sort of full circle back to the costuming stuff, because one of the things that I love about burlesque and drag is that it is an outlet for that creativity, the artistry that I... I have all of these art projects. Oh, my God. My house is filled with like half finished art projects, mm-hmm. costume pieces, all of that stuff. Halloween. I love Halloween. It is costume shopping season and like home decor season too. Um, all of the accessories. I'm thinking about, oh, I've got this act that I've wanted to do. I bought I bought stuff for my costume this year. I'm working on um if I get it finished I will post a photo on Instagram and Twitter you will see it so I'm not gonna say it yet to spoil it but like if I'm saying it out loud I have what like less than a week to finish it (laughs) not even you have a couple I have a party to go to on Friday oh (laughs) my gosh I have a party on Friday I have I have to get get sewing but like buying costume parts it's so exciting to be able to show these different parts of myself on stage for folks in a way that's sexy or fun or funny or silly or, you know, kind of ridiculous. I love that burlesque and drag allows me to exaggerate um, different aspects of myself or my personality. So I have like my vamp character, the va-va-voom and here's my cleavage and my, I've got my corset and my thigh highs and I'm so sexy. And um, (laughs) being the, the uh the succubus kind of luring you into your doom and and all Uh, of that I love that aspect um what I did when I took Belle Jumel's Burlesque 101 class right before COVID started was lean into the silly part of myself that um I I love being silly I love making people laugh I love telling jokes um before we started recording we were talking about laughter as a defense mechanism for when you are feeling vulnerable (laughs) so for me it was really vulnerable to deliberately make a silly funny act because it's scary to try to be funny on purpose and then nobody laughs it's just as scary as if you're trying to be sexy on purpose and people are laughing instead right yeah so those are both terrifying feelings and i've i've the trying to be sexy and people laughing i'm not too worried about that I've, I've had a good track record to being sexy on purpose and people responding the way i want so mm-hmm. deliberately being silly and funny and having people laugh at that was it was a big deal and um i did this act that i really enjoyed and i hope to get to do it again i did a, a combo um madonna and weird al i did like a virgin surgeon um, and I got to be wow. completely ridiculous, and I got to lean into things like uh, visual shorthand. So as soon as you see my costume, you know who I'm supposed to be because I've got the weird owl hair and the mustache and the glasses. <laughs> and I need to see this. It's part of. There's a picture on my Instagram. It's part of our. Um, cultural heritage, I suppose at this point, Weird Al, people yeah. know who Weird Al is. If you, even if you've never seen a video, even if you've never heard a song, you know who he is. Um, and then if everybody knows the same Madonna, there's these visual cues. I didn't need like the full Madonna costume. I didn't need the full Weird Al costume. I did a pretty good job with that part. Um, to, to tell people who I'm supposed to be, you're burlesque and drag. There's this visual storytelling element where you can have one thing stand in for a whole bunch of stuff. So there's a part of that act where I'm pretending I'm going to I'm going to do surgery on someone because I'm in the Weird Al part and he's talking about doing surgery. He's a he's a surgeon. So I'm how do I mime surgeon and add surgery on an audience member? I can't like bring a fake blood pack on some stranger in the audience and like cover them with blood that could trigger somebody. It could stain their clothes, all of these things, etc, etc. Yep. Right. So like, how do you even approach a member of the audience? And that's the the unspoken consent element. You know, we have to make eye contact. I have to like gesture, make Mm -hmm. sure they know I'm coming. And then am I actually physically touching them? Or am I just Mm going to be close to their body? These Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, There's a lot to think about for that kind of stuff, if you're going to be interacting with the audience. But again, consent comes up in so many aspects of our lives. True. So I had this... This red ribbon that I had hidden in my hand. Oh, I was just going to say
1: this. I'm like Shakespeare with like a red How does this work? Yeah, exactly.
0: Put the left hand on or near their body and with the right hand, reach in for the center of the ribbon and then pull up dramatically. And it looks like this big blood spurt. I love it. It's easy to clean up. It's just one ribbon. And then if it goes missing, I have lots of other red ribbon. Not a big deal. Um, And so that was like, that's enough. So people know what it means, right? I don't have to have this whole like, set up with like, a a prop scalpel, and a prop, whatever, to make it be like, now I'm doing surgery, I can just be like, this one thing, we know what this means as a culture, collectively, we agree that this is enough.
1: I really love that. I love that you've brought this up, because actually, I've started back um, teaching and doing demos at Oasis. And, You know, uh, one of the classes that I taught pre-pandemic was lap dance classes, right? And nice. y- and you would have a volunteer. We don't do that mm-hmm. now because of COVID. So I bring mm-hmm. a demo bottom, but it's the same exact thing of like the consent of audience members, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It's something that. I, uh, you know, back in the day when I started doing this type of stuff, I wouldn't think of my own boundaries surrounding me doing a lap dance on an audience member. mm mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, you know, I have definitely adapted the way I navigate that situation, not only um, just the more I learn about the consent of having, like, of the audience member, but also for myself. Like, I've definitely had moments where the audience member is just, you know, well, I, I mean, I, I'm probably speaking, I'm preaching to the choir, uh, probably. <laughs> there are many Go strippers on. who are listeners and dancers and, <laughs> and people who... you you get grabbed you get your ass smacked you get Mm -hmm. all of these things right um yeah you get thrusted into you get like people do all sorts of shit even though they're supposed to be sitting there politely and not touching you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just like interesting having to navigate all of this stuff um yeah Consensus Tops everywhere. Have boundaries too. Oh yes, certainly. Oh, and yes. and yeah, and that's another thing that I've also learned in a different way. Facilitating uh, topping kink scenes at, at ritual chamber, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, were did you find that that was something you had to navigate and figure out and find out more
0: about uh, when you were doing professional work? And absolutely, because it's a yeah. different vibe when you're doing it professionally than when you're doing it personally. Yeah, with a client, there's a different relationship, and it's not like bad different it's just different different right like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a different thing so um yeah like making sure that my boundaries are clear while still keeping it like in scene and sexy and all of that I think that can be challenging for anybody um and then like also making sure that the relationship stays professional yeah. while keeping those boundaries like it was it was very rare that I had to really be assertive about it Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time i mean as a dom the whole idea is you're supposed to listen to me anyway so it's pretty clear right away if somebody's not gonna do that fortunately um for the folks i know yeah for the folks i know who've done uh professional bottoming like it's a they often have a top on hand or a dom on hand just to supervise because it can be so much harder to maintain their boundaries that way
1: Yes, definitely. I've I'm a switch in my personal life. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's something that I've done a lot of different types of sex work and that's something that I've thought of of, you know, offering professional bottoming potentially yeah. and yeah, talking to other pro bottoms like specifically in the kink kind of world and asking them how they navigate their boundaries surrounding that. It's very interesting. It's 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 really cool. I think I think they're so smart about it, and you have to mm-hmm. be, right? Yeah. And just that you have to, just how you said, uh, it's not, it's different. It's not worse. It, it's different than how you would do so in your personal life, right? Yeah. And I came to the conclusion that if I was going to go offer that in some sort of context, I would have to bottom very differently than I do mm-hmm. in my personal life, you know? Yeah. And it might still be fun and rewarding and all of that kind of stuff. But it would be very, <laughs> it would have to be very different for my own safety.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. So we got, we've got to keep it safe for everybody, tops and bottoms. And that's emotional safety as well as physical safety. Yes. Um. And, and it's not always obvious. Sometimes it kind of catches you by surprise. You weren't thinking about it. So I had a as an example there was a time where somebody was really pushing me yeah. and expected me to be very strict in response but we hadn't negotiated that i had no idea that that's what they were looking for cuz he never told me so if he had started out with like i'm going to push you i want to push you and i want you to push me down and like yes. push back and you know overcome me totally
1: different story that, if that's yeah. negotiated
0: yeah instead here i am in the middle of the scene and this person's like no, I don't want to like talking back. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it then. I'm going to back off because you're it doesn't seem like you're enjoying yourself. Like I didn't consent to that. Yeah. So it's, it's part of the communication. And please, please, if you want to be a push person who pushes back, like, yes, just talk about it first. Let us know ahead of time. Yeah. I love love a brat. I love a
1: bratty person. That's super fun. Cause that's a whole new fun Avenue to go into. You know, if Mm -hmm. you want it to be like a takedown, if you want it, whatever you want it to be, those are really fun fantasies to play with. But yeah, the minute that people, I feel like people sometimes have this, um, inability to kind of disconnect the fantasy and the reality of the thing and that i feel like that might be one of the things it's like they are maybe not intentionally or purposefully but they are the they are trying to manipulate you in the moment Mm. you know they're trying to manipulate you the person into getting mad
0: they want a specific reaction and they're going about it the wrong way
1: there you have it
0: they're going about it in a way that i have not consented to Maybe I don't want to react that way. Maybe reacting that way is really bad for me and I would never want to react that way anyway. Or maybe I'm super into that and I just need you to tell me go.
1: Yeah, you could have everything your heart desires if you just fucking ask.
0: Talk about (laughs) it, please. Please, please talk about it. Yeah, really. It's really not that hard. Like, you can have your fantasy, you know? And just <laughs> talking about it is sexy. I want to get into yeah. it with the person. Tell me. Yes. Ooh, yes. I want to know the details. Yeah. Please. I love it. Yeah, I love
1: negotiate negotiation. To me, is foreplay. Like it is. I'm 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 getting all hot and bothered. Like uh, you know, <laughs> at, uh, like if I have to do, really describe, like on both sides of the slash, whatever yeah. I'm playing in, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, anytime that you really have to depthly kind of pull apart your kinks and everything, and mm-hmm. like really get to the root of what it means to you and how it feels to you and why yeah. it's important to you, like all that stuff is like really fucking hot. Why would you skip it? it? Don't skip it
0: sometimes with like established partners we will be hanging out, watching TV, whatever, Netflix and chill. And then, you know, nice. my mind is wandering as it does. And I'll be like, Hey, can I like do X, Y, Z, T right now? And they'll be like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the amount of negotiation that we need. Cause yeah. we've, we've already established, we both like these things. I got water, and then I forgot to drink water. I'm going to drink water right now. Drink,
1: drink, drink, I'm a big, like, um, I don't drink water throughout the session, but after mm. the session, I, like, guzzle an entire, you know, bottle, <laughs> an enormous bottle
0: of water. I've had sessions where I guzzled before, and then, you know. You know. Hey, I'm going to go take you into the bathroom. And... <laughs> yes. That's a different <laughs> thing. Yes. Those are fun. Those are fun.
1: Oh, Golden's. <laughs> I haven't done any golden since i've been back to work i've been back to in-person sessions since june i haven't done a golden yet have huh. i maybe i maybe i peed in a cup and gave it to somebody no
0: that counts maybe i sort of. did that. that counts
1: yeah it's kind of it's oh. like a halfway a half golden yeah,
0: yeah. You know? <laughs> we're in the neighborhood we're in the
1: general area but that's, um, ooh, well, I mean, let's talk about this, this is we're yeah. talking about it. Because um, hey. I feel like goldens um, are one of those kinks where people picture it happening at an 11, when it can mm-hmm. happen at a 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up to mm-hmm. whatever, and can look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And people just think, okay, if I'm doing a golden scene, I've got to drink. I've got to be, mm. I've got to drink and I've got to be covered in it, soaked, and I've got, I've got to be mm. waterboarded, basically,
0: <laughs> which isn't the case. Hot, it, but not necessary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Which is a great scene, but also it can look all these yeah. different la- yeah. ways and it, it can be incremental, you know, um,
0: mm-hmm. as yeah well. Like you could do, so Yeah. Oh my goodness man now my mind is racing how many options how many different ways it's like if we need a brainstorming board we need a whiteboard and some and some markers and we could start like writing okay so we're (laughs) gonna pee in a cup we're gonna like uh pee in the underwear we're gonna pee with the pants on we're gonna pee with the pants off we're gonna pee outside (laughs) we're gonna be inside in a toilet in a bathtub on a person on on an object which objects could we pee on how many ideas can we come up with within a minute like if we timed it right now
1: i fucking love it
0: kink brainstorming oh my goodness throw spaghetti at a wall
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me i'm like what i start thinking about is like the intentions like who are Mm. we and what is this doing to you you know or to me Or like, what is the energy? What is the vibe? Like, you can Mm -hmm. have like a really sensual piss play scene. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have like the whole range of emotion happening as well. Uh, Yes. And even before that, we can just dirty talk about it. Like, you don't even Mm -hmm. have to do you know be in contact with any piss or nobody has to be pissing but like Mm -hmm. even just talking fucking dirty talking the hell out of this fantasy is just (laughs) as valid of exploring
0: this kink if you just want to stay there you could be sitting across the table from someone in complete silence and like lock eyes and drink water and just this is building the anticipation i'm gonna keep drinking water slowly and when the timer goes off, maybe, maybe there's some kind of signal. What is our signal? And now we're going to shift to like, where did that water go? I just drank a whole lot of water. Now what's going to happen? <laughs> maybe I'm sending pictures of my water bottle from my desk at work before I like get home and then oh, ho, yeah. ho, right? Yeah. Maybe
1: it's you're making them pee on themselves or into their mm-hmm. own mouths, you know? Yeah which is something I've had to do a lot via Skype because you got to keep doing (laughs) goldens
0: even on Skype.
1: And that's the way people (laughs) they're drinking (laughs) Mm -hmm. their own pee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And And is it just as fun? fun. It's so much fun. You can do all these fun things that you've been told you're not allowed to do because it's dirty or it's wrong or that's like you're childish for doing that, whatever. Like you've grown out of that. It doesn't No, Have fun. Play with it. Do the thing that you think you're not allowed to do. Try it. Why okay. not? Okay.
1: Okay. If you are, if you are into goldens, okay. I mm. want to ask you this because somebody um, who's really into jeans, a person, mm-hmm. um, they're like, anytime I look for jeans porn, I guess a lot of videos come up of like peeing yourself while wearing jeans. Is that All something right. that is really intrinsically linked? Do you think the jeans, jeans I, people, and P mm, people?
0: I think that jeans are good for golden specifically because they are, get darker. Yes, there's a that's visual what I said. component to it mm-hmm. that's not like other fabrics don't necessarily show the P in yes. the same way. Um, like I don't know if the leggings I'm wearing right now would get much darker at all. They're black and it's a different kind of fabric, but like, especially some lighter jeans. Yeah. Like that visual component, I think is a big draw for some people. Yeah, Obviously yeah. there's going to be people who are jeans who are not into piss and vice versa. Of course. But, um, yeah, I, and I think because jeans are just like nearly everybody owns a pair of jeans. I do not. Cause I don't wear pants. But Same. you know, oh my God, I own jeans. <laughs>
1: I own jeans only because I have a submissive who oh, is a jeans person that buys me jeans. Nice. So I have lots of nice. jeans because they've bought them for me. Other than that, mm. I do not wear jeans.
0: <laughs> I yeah, like if I would wear pants for a scene, I would wear jeans for a scene. Yeah, um, but it's not my Your <laughs> usual scene jeans. attire. Yeah, Your jeans scene. It's it's the <laughs> whole. It, fetish wear does not have to be latex or corsets or high heels it could be fucking jeans and sandals some people are so into jeans and sandals and yeah maybe it has to do with piss maybe it has to do with just the scent you went for a long walk you've been wearing them all day are they still warm uh, were you wearing panties when you were wearing the jeans or not? Those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I've had more requests, honestly. I don't get many clothing requests, mm-hmm. but the ones I do get, a lot of them have been jeans. Hmm. I think maybe people expect me to show up in dommy stuff, so they don't need yeah. to request that. But I have, yeah, if somebody's requesting something else other than like a traditional Dom look... Of like leather latex lace kind of look they're they're yeah. gonna request jeans hmm. yeah which is kind of interesting right. the yeah. other element of like this crossover between pee and jeans I feel like we all know what wet jeans feel like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like like yeah. we've all taken jeans out of the washer and they're heavy and they're you know like <laughs> when they I did have, like different quality training.
0: yeah Yeah, we had to do jump into the water in your clothes wear jeans so you know what it feels like to try to swim with clothes on so that you have an idea of you know if you're rescuing somebody who's fallen into the water it is hard to swim with clothes on it is and jeans are hard to take off in the water they get so stiff it's it a different kind of fabric again that kind of cotton specifically it has a different uh, quality texture yeah sensation and and one of the things that I have with my I don't know if it's ADHD specific, um, but there's a, a texture thing with me in fabrics, especially mm-hmm. wet fabrics, um, that it it vibrates against my brain in a very specific way. Mm. Um, wet fabrics, wet jeans. Okay.
1: Very unique sensation. Yes. It makes sense. I think we figured it out. We figured out a few good reasons why those mm-hmm. kinks would overlap.
0: Um- <laughs> I would love to hear more reasons, people (laughs) who are listening, what we have not covered. Please tweet us or whatever. Like, let us know. I want to know what we missed because we've been talking the whole whole time about like there's so many different ways of doing different kinks and yeah we only talked about a couple of different things changed, so there's got to be other stuff there's yeah, got to be tons more stuff
1: yeah i don't doubt it um but we should be wrapping up um i would yeah. love for you to tell the people we, we talked about your instagram and your twitter a little bit let's tell the people where they can yeah. find and follow you
0: yeah, so I'm Marin Dasad on Twitter and Instagram. I also have Matron Marin as my more adult oriented uh the one you're more likely to see <laughs> boobs on account. <laughs> um and eventually if I get my just for fans back up, that's where I'll be tweeting about that. But uh until then, it's mostly uh sexy times.
1: Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Um People, you should know where to find and follow me by now. I'm on Twitter at theladypim1. That's where I'm most active. But if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at theladypim or at the bedpost podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the bedpost show. We have a YouTube channel. It's the bedpost show. And I always like to point out the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Meredith This has been such a lovely first conversation for us, or second, Yay, really. <laughs>
0: thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been lovely getting to know you and chatting with you.
1: You too. Oh my God, thank you so much. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio, talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.